is typically the time where we do um, prayers of the people. And um, as I'm sure all of you are aware of the um, events of this week, really all of us underneath that is this cry and this need for Jesus to show up in really really mighty ways and so I um, I'm just gonna pray a prayer for the church in America for the government and as I was preparing and just asking the Lord what exactly my prayer was, I was trying to be very intentional to set aside any of my preconceived notions or ideas of what is um, what I believe to be right or true or my opinions. And I was truly just asking the Lord, what is your heart and saying in all of this for us? And I was reminded of two different times in scripture. One of them was um, in Ruth where she is talking and she says, um, and it's in a song that we probably all, not all of us, but some of us would know. And it says, where you go, I go. And what you say, I say. And where you stay, I stay. And what you do, I do. And it's this heart posture of not inaction, but of only acting when the Father asks us to act and to stay when he asks us to stay and to speak only when he asks us to speak. And then Jesus kind of mirrors that message in John 5 when he says that he doesn't, he only does what his father asks him to do. So I'm going to pray that prayer over the church. And I ask that you would join in with me. God, we are on our hands and our feet. We are weary and tired. It all just feels like a lot. Dare I say more than we can handle. And maybe that is the point that we would all come to a place of recognizing that it is indeed more than we can handle, that this is beyond us. This is beyond any human. And so we present ourselves to you, the church body, the one that you're coming back for. And we first ask God that you would search our hearts and that you would know our hearts and that you would reveal to us if there is anything that is wicked or unclean within us. hearts cry not not just to this week 
but in response to our neighbor who we disagree with and in response to the person that we sit next to that we barely know and to the person in the grocery store, that we have judgments that just naturally come to our mind. When our flesh is rising up, may we submit that before you. And we ask God that we would only go where you ask us to go and we would stay when you tell us to stay and that we would speak when you call us to speak. That we would be a church body specifically to River City that is known for loving one another well. That we would love the way that you have called us to love how we have received your love, which is in abundance. May we love others with abundance. May we do only what our Father asks us to do. May we be a community that serves each other well that listens and repents well, that acts as you call us to act well. And in our weariness, we come before you and we plead the blood, your blood all over us all over the events of this week and the events to come in the future and the events of the past. And we ask God that you would just come and you would make right what is wrong. That you would perfect all that is broken in me, in us. And I do pray a special prayer for those um, in Congress who were personally affected by trauma. I just ask God that you would protect them and that you would love them in very clear and obvious ways. Not because of the party they stand for, or the thing they did or didn't do, or the vote they did or didn't have. Because they are human beings and because your son was sent to die for them like he was sent to die for me. And so would you just love them really well in ways only you can. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. people that seeks your word for our daily bread. May we be a people that confesses and repents and walks in forgiveness and extends that to those around us. Would you come? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Jessica is about to come up to give a blessing, but I know that um, our audio was a little off in the beginning, so just briefly want to go over the announcements again really quick. Um, good morning. We're happy that you're here. Um, we're thankful for you for tuning in, whether it's Sunday morning or a Tuesday night or whenever. Um, thank you for being here. Um, 
we um, just want to quickly go over uh, the important announcements that uh, might have been missed this morning. Um, we have a blood drive on the 25th um, of this month at the table, and it is from 9 to 2. Um, if you'd like to make an appointment, you can go to um, redcross.org. This is just a really practical way to love our neighbors. Um, it's a very, very tangible need um, in our community, in our city, in our country, um, in the world. And this is just such an easy way for us to love our neighbors well. So if you would do that, we'd be greatly appreciative. Um, and the other announcement is... Um, by the end of this month, we hope to have solidified kind of who our leaders are for this season um, and groups, and we need both in-person and virtual um, groups meeting so that we can meet and serve and accommodate everybody in our community. So if that's you and you feel um, a little inkling, a little tug, um, an interest in possibly facilitating a group, please feel free to contact me um, at care at rivercitysmyrna.com. I'd love to talk with you. Um, and to see what, what the Lord might be um, stirring up in you that he'd like to use you in impacting our community, um, both River City and locally in Smyrna. So thank you very much, Jessica. Good morning, good morning. This week, boys and girls, we are going to be talking about how God values people, so we value people. And value is just another word for saying something's important or special or loved by you. Um, so there are a couple of videos that I've posted on the RCC prayer wall and the um, regular RCC church Facebook page. So if you guys want a link to a video to watch while the adults are watching Josh's message, then you guys can do that. Um, but first, let me bless you this week. So... I bless you to know that God values you. And I bless you to know that your value is not necessarily equal to your worth, like how much money you would be worth. But value is something outside of that. It's how much you're loved and how special God thinks you are. And I bless you to value other people, even when it's hard. I bless your eyes and your heart to see others as God sees them. And I bless you with the self-control to choose to value others when you wouldn't want, when you would want to hurt them instead. So Father, help us to see the value in other people, to understand our value in your eyes, and to walk in a way that is honoring and valuing of other people in our lives this week, even the hard ones. We thank you that you grant us the grace to do this, the self-control to do this, and the ability and strength to do this. Would you be with us in that this week? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, River City family. Happy Sunday morning. Um, real quick, before I jump into the text today, there's a couple things we're asking our body to do, especially the people watching online, uh, just because we really don't know who is able to follow along online. And we're trying to get a better feel for our body for how to connect with everyone. We're asking you to do something brave. One first thing that could be brave is you just posting in the comments who you are so that we can see it. And number two, if that's something that is a little too far for you, if you could 
send an email to Kara at rivercitysmyrna.com letting her know that you're following along. We're trying to do a good job of getting all of our information updated. It's been a while. Lots of people have moved over the past year, 2020. Lots of people are jumping in online now. So we would just ask that you could do us that favor. If not this week, maybe next week. We'd like to build that out so we can love you guys well, keep you up to date. We have a bunch of things that we feel like we're supposed to step into as a body in the next few months. We're actually really starting to feel a lot of good momentum about what we feel like God is leading us into as a community. We're excited about. We can kind of sense it. It's a little bit, um, it's a lot exciting for us, honestly, as a staff. So we just want you to be a part of that, and we want to know that you're walking with us. And so reach out, let us know those two ways. Post in the comments. Email Kara at rivercitysmarter.com. That's K-A-R-A, Kara. All right, and so I'm just going to jump into today. Um, as you've heard in the last few weeks, I've, I've started to sense that God is really leading our body into what it looks like to be equipped or for us to start to equip the saints. That's including us to be equipped, to grow, and to get a sense that this year that really what he wants us to be is a body that's embodying what that looks like. And to not jump in too soon, but to go at the pace he's leading us into to see actual growth in people, to see people understand who they are in Christ, who, whose they are, to understand and get a sense of what they're supposed to do with their lives and what it's supposed to be like in community, to fall back in love with the community and to see this community in Smyrna, not only this one, but definitely this one, to come alive and begin to be, you know, that living family of God in, in our city. And so, we're, we're super excited about it. It's been a strange week. Um, you've probably noticed that I'm not actually here in person, and that's because we're walking through social, we're walking through the protocols of um, being in contact with people with COVID. We actually have quite a few people in our body with COVID. If you're listening and you have it, we're definitely praying for you. Each person that we know of, we're praying for, we want to walk with. Um, and we know that in the last few weeks, we've had some people, quite a few people, um, come in contact with the virus. And so we want to be safe, and so that's why we're not meeting in person this Sunday. But we want you to keep praying for our community um, and praying that this virus would just be gone, that God would just heal our land, so to speak. And, um, but today I want to just kind of remind you of last week and maybe some of the testimonies today, how we experienced God's people last week kind of get up and serve us. I think we had 14 people that shared how Christ has met them in the past year. A lot of people in their brokenness. I think it was a really vulnerable, really beneficial to hear people share the word of their testimony, you know, by the blood of the lamb. And uh, I was very moved by it, have been continually moved. And we're kind of asking that it becomes more of a rhythm for all of us this month, that we would see you guys step in and begin to share. I think it's important in a season like this to share what we're thankful for and how we are seeing Christ and his fruit um, happen in our lives, even in the midst of these crazy times. And so keep sending those videos in. We'll play them. Um, we'll play them during the week and we'll play them in service if you're comfortable. And if we're able to open back up next week, we'll have testimonies at the end of service again. So today I'm asking you to be present. And so just for a moment, as you're in your living room, or even if you're in this place, that you would take a second and just invite the Father to guide you today. To expect that there will be invitations for you today and that his presence is alive and moving and will nudge you and will sharpen you and will bring your attention and woo you 
and for some of us, maybe draw us into repentance and confession with hopes of freedom, and for some of us, land squarely on us saying who we are and whose we are. And for some of us to even maybe get a sense of how God is leading us into the mission, the eschatological mission of God's reign that we get to be a a part of, that we would say yes. And each opportunity today, if it's the worship, if it's just the communion you're sensing with your family as you watch this, if it's just you in the presence of God in the screen, whatever it is that you would be attentive to the presence of God, the nudges, the invitations that will happen today most certainly and that you would say yes in obedience to however he would lead you deeper into his heart deeper into the family deeper into the mission of God if you notice this past Wednesday we talked a little bit about how it was epiphany and historically the day of epiphany is when the magi come and reveal what Jesus's identity is his divine identity so it's it's like this very important moment of aha this is who he is it's like the word epiphany they had an epiphany and i also think it's important to to note the cultural moment that we're in and how crazy this week's been for our community but for our entire world and our entire nation we also got to see on actual the day of epiphany some other things brought to light that we prayerfully need to discern. What do we do with these kinds of things? How do we respond with these kinds of things in a nation in the midst of turmoil and arguing and fighting? Who's telling the truth? Who's lying? But when we see certain things, I think it's important to make sure we understand what God is saying in them. And one of the things that I want to openly say I believe God is asking our body and our nation to draw towards the water of repentance in is this idea of nation being as important as Jesus and his kingdom. I believe honestly up front that Christian nationalism is one of the strongest threats to the gospel. And I believe we saw the fruit of some of that on Wednesday very out in the open very much in our faces with damage being done. And we saw crosses and the the name of Jesus connected to things that I most certainly am confident that Jesus would have not been connected to. This is confusing, right? My heart's broken for this on this day of epiphany where things are revealed. My heart's broken and I'm angry and upset at what this does for our Christian witness, what this does, how does this represent us? But I'm excited that we get to say, no, that's not who Jesus is. This is not what he looks like. This is not what he's after. And we get to point to the Jesus of the text, the Jesus of the gospels, the community that he's building us into. We get to have our own epiphany to say, we'll follow you, Jesus, in humility to the waters of repentance. We'll confess, yes, we are implicit, We are all implicit. There's not one of us that can say I have no need to repent because we all need to repent. That's the truth of the gospel. And if we can't step into the waters of repentance, we aren't really experiencing the gospel or the life of Jesus. There's no other way. You don't step into it in pride and receive the gift of the gospel. It only comes when we say we are not enough. We have sinned. We need you. And that's where our text leads us today. But not before I share with you a couple of other very interesting texts. I've talked about this first text for the last two months. 
And today it's one of our texts, and this is kind of how Jesus works, especially in this season with me. He's revealing himself and bringing these little aha moments and saying, here's a little affirmation for you guys to see that I am speaking and guiding you. And this is from Genesis 1, 1 through 5. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And we see as we read this first text, one, thank you, this is what we've been talking about. I've been made fun of like 40,000 times for doing this. Dr. John's message where she talked about, oh, creator spirit hovering over the dark waters, stirring in the deep stirring underneath the surface before we understand or even know what's coming. The spirit is working. The spirit is working now. But it's interesting how we move from these angelic choirs and this miraculous birth now into these kind of natural mundane places in our texts. It's after those big moments. And in fact, Mark in the gospel we're going to read today doesn't even mention those things. He starts here. It's like we're getting right to it. He starts here in the humility of Jesus as the entrance of the story. But it's also an entrance into what God does in the wild places. Sorry, my microphone keeps falling down my back. One of the other texts for this week is Acts 19, 1 through 7. I'm going to read this to you really quickly. Because in this passage, we see a people being baptized by Paul and receiving something they never knew that they had. And it came that, when, that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Of course they didn't. They didn't even understand what that meant. And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were you baptized then? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. This isn't to say to them, you fools, you made a mistake. They were responding to the revelation that they had. It was good to step into the waters of repentance and be baptized. But there's something more. There's a growth that happens as we mature into our faith that starts in confession and repentance and then is enlivened with the Spirit of God filling us and embodying us, telling us who we are and whose we are and sending us to carry the mission of God. They didn't fail, they just weren't there yet. But where we start today, our third start, I guess, I'm gonna work on those, is in the gospel text, Mark 1. You can pull this up, Bill. I just wanna say thanks to Bill, it's just me and him here. We're gonna be quarantining tomorrow, so we're just having a party in here right now. You guys need to celebrate Bill because he's amazing and he is available and he's faithful and I'm thankful for him. But Mark starts here. He starts his gospel here. Here's what it says. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan. They were confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Again, both significant. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. A lot just happened in that little fragment. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This is interesting, I'm gonna pray. Holy Spirit, I don't think you're confined to our time frames. So as I stand here preaching the night before to a group of people that will listen while I'm listening, I know that you're not confined to our time frames. This is where we are, but you are free and liberated. You are able to move, God, and you are able to draw our hearts together into these wild and dangerous texts that talk about the Spirit dive-bombing on us in ways we can't explain or control and liberating our hearts into freedom, freedom that cares for others' freedoms. Jesus, today, as we listen at probably 1146, 850, whatever, enliven us, Jesus. Spirit of God, move in our houses, our families. Help us to be attentive and in tune with you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I think this is such an interesting passage because all of these people live near the temple, the epicenter for spirituality. They are right where you hear from God, right where they have heard from God for years and years and years. This is the place people would want to move there to be near it. And John is preaching this message of repentance away from that place so that people that want to hear it have to travel, and many do. They travel. They're wooed somehow by John's message of repentance, so they leave that place and go to a place in the wild. And they're just standing there. And God is showing us that he's going to disrupt and he's going to unsettle and he's going to discenter in order to bring about this authentic and transformative new thing. It's probably not gonna happen next to the temple, guys. This isn't to say that where we gather is evil or where they gathered was evil, it wasn't. This is to say, this thing that I will do, it doesn't need to be connected to your normal rhythms. You need to get out. So they were wooed and they wanted to go. And you get this sense that as they traveled to see and to hear, they had this relationship with confession and repentance and their own sinfulness to understand. It would be good for my soul to go and stand in that line that John the Baptist is baptizing people in. There's this uncomfortability we have with even discussing our own personal failures. 
For many of us, it takes years and years to become comfortable enough to share it with maybe one person because shame has overtaken us. We believe we are worthless, so we fight tooth and nail to find identity, sometimes by claiming power and running with it, sometimes by performing so much that we would be significant. But standing in that line that this is mentioning here is the idea that you're standing in a line with a bunch of people who know they will not be able to do it. You're standing in line with the tax collectors. You're standing in line with the prostitutes. You're standing in line with the broken husbands. You're standing in line with those still addicted. You're standing in line with those who've never had a positive thought about themselves. This is a line that is required before you can be baptized into the family of God. The line of humility is really what it was, which is why when Jesus showed up, it was confusing for people because when he stood in that line, he was then standing in solidarity with the people in that line. He was saying, I'm not gonna hide my humanity And God was saying, I'm about to show you the kind of humanity that you're to live into. He would redeem humanity, but he would also claim his humanity and stand in solidarity with us as we are in a line waiting to say, I can't do it, I don't know how, I need help, forgive me, I'm broken. And I will even go as far to say, yes, I have sin and it is permeating my being. I can't even control it. It's like a wild place within me. It's untamable. I've tried. This is that line. You stand in this line and Jesus stands. And for the first century Christians, that Jesus would stand in this line, it was a mark on their character. This was something that Even other gospel writers possibly were trying to hide. They played it down because this put Jesus in a place where some might think, is this person God? Is this person saying that they need to repent? Because of course, Jesus didn't need to repent. He was standing in that line on our behalf. And I love this scene in my mind. I feel like I can sense what was happening in this line because John starts to say, While he's in line, there's one who's coming, right? I'm not even fit to tie the thong on his shand. I don't don't even know what that even means, but I get the picture that he felt that if this person coming, this Messiah would be so significant and this Messiah is standing in the line that he's baptizing people in. So he has to at one point walk up to John and be like, how you doing? And John has to interact with whatever he has to interact with to realize the Messiah is now in this line. Why is he there? And he's, he's baptized. Jesus is baptized like we are baptized into this family, into this kinship, into this, into this whole new way to be alive, this whole new way to be human, where we are human, but now we have Christ living in us. Why does he start here? Why does he start his gospel right here without humility? Without the humility of Jesus, we aren't even having these conversations, right? Without the humility of Jesus to take himself from where he was and place himself in our midst, incarnate, these conversations aren't even happening. Maybe he doesn't hear who he is. Is he that? Yes, he is. Standing in this line in humility, in solidarity, he's able to then hear what happens next. 
And all of the sudden, right, all of the sudden, they visibly see the sky open, torn. It's not symbolic here. It happens, it's torn. And then they see the spirit dive bomb in some translations, it says. And they use that because some birds will dive bomb towards their young to protect them. It's that kind of ferocity, like a mother dive bombing out of the sky to save their kids. The spirit of God tears open the skies, dive bombs down onto Jesus, and then the voice of God fills the air. And I just think that's what it means. It fills the air. And the voice of God says audibly for Jesus to hear, right? Just, just remember this though. He stands in line, submitting to his father, father's plan. Solidarity with those who are broken. Stands in line, he's baptized as well. In that process, he hears and sees and smells probably all of these things come alive. Humility starts the process of being able to finally see these things. And in Jesus, it happens. You are my son, the, ble- the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Fills the sky. Jesus hears this, his most significant identifier. He hears it. He hears it audibly. They hear it. They see it. It's real now. This possibility of these people standing in line, standing to confess and repent, has now been realized with people seeing and understanding who Jesus is and then being invited into what he would do. Can we stand in this line? I think we stand in this line from the time we walk into the faith until the time we walk into eternity. I don't believe we're meant to stay out of this line. This line that would say, I'm possibly wrong at all times. This line that would say, forgive me. I know it feels like what you're saying is manipulative to me and maybe it's from some political agenda, but if I have possibly had anything to do with any of those pains, forgive me. Maybe it hasn't even, maybe I even know it wasn't me, but maybe my heart posture is in that line at all times, willing to say, I'm sorry. This might not even be true, but you're hurt in such a way. Willing to stand in the line that says, I confess, I repent, forgiveness is needed, I need forgiveness. Jesus was willing to stand in the line. He received his most significant identifier from his father in this scenario. I feel like I just went on a long rant on that, but I want to read you a quote. And this is from Elton Brown. It says, our baptism rituals are sometimes so nice that they neglect to mention the uncomfortable implications of inviting God's spirit to invade our lives. It doesn't just happen in our normal places. It happens in the wild, the unsettled places, asking God to invade our lives, to dive bomb on our lives. The earthiness and spirit go together here. I am informed that C.S. Lewis once told an audience that for Christians, the spirit is not lighter than matter. To have the spirit of God does not mean I now live lighter and more free, but heavier. Because the spirit is the real substance of God acting in creation and redemption and final reconciliation. The spirit fills us in the church and then drives us from the church like it drives Jesus from the Jordan to the wilderness after this. There outside the walls we wrestle with the beasts and pray for ministering angels, angels heavier than air. This is significant. Spirit 
dive bombs on Jesus' lands. And Jesus begins his mission here, which starts as he goes into the desert. But all through the Gospels, from here until the end, until he hands over his life, the Spirit has emboldened and empowered him to, to not only understand who he is first and whose he is first, but to live into this mission that he's called to live into. And all of us that stand in these waters with Jesus are all called into this same mission to embolden and to live out and to incarnate the love of Jesus and the mission of Jesus no matter what the cost, no matter who might leave us, no matter who might hate us. Now the goal isn't to get what we deserve, it's not even to make them not hate us, it's to live in the way that Jesus lived. This is the gospel that we're invited into. So when we say yes to this baptism, when we hear that voice saying, it's time to go low, you can see all around the need for someone to embody what it means to confess and repent, what it means to go low. If we can see that happen, others can see that happen, and then maybe the gospel permeates our post-Christian cultures, which is happening rapidly. And our goal isn't to stop that. It's to embody what the church is called to embody. We're not afraid of what is happening. We're living out of what he's enlivening us to do. So when we say yes to this, we say yes to yes, Jesus, his redemption, his forgiveness. We say yes to the freedom we have in him. We also say yes to the kinship we have in our brother and sisters. We say yes to standing in line with those who look nothing like us, who have sinned very differently but very same as us, who have hid things well like we have. We stand in line and we jump into this and we're empowered as we confess and repent in true humility, not for face value and not because it looks good on Facebook and not because going low is something that people celebrate, but because going low is where we're met by God. Because he's not going to share a seat with us. He's not going to share a seat with one of our leaders. He's sitting there. And when we go low, he can become all that he becomes. But remember when he shows up, he doesn't show up to destroy. He doesn't show up to take back what's his. He shows up to die. And in that dying, there's an inviting and a new life. And the new life is now found in him and with him. So whenever we stand in this water, it's, loc it's locative, but it's also literal. We stand in water, the water of baptism, and in that somehow, as we are in that water with Jesus, we somehow are receiving all that Jesus has. But it's also, it's also a water that permeates time, where we're standing in that water with every brother and sister that ever has and ever will. Again, outside the frames of what we consider time, we're in that water with every brother and sister. We come out of that water into a family, into the family of God where we're asked to become the family of God. Not to just travel back to our homes until the next week, but to actually step into our lives as if Christ is now seated on high, where we say yes to exalting him in humility while exclaiming, our, they confessed their sins 
They did that outwardly after standing in the line of humility to say, I have done these wrongs. And in that, they receive their identity as Jesus received their identity. And we step into this growth and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit and we step into this growth and we somehow live selflessly and we step into this growth and we somehow still fail and struggle and see the brokenness and we step into this growth and we somehow resent ourselves and wonder if we'll ever make it and we step into this growth and somehow Jesus is with us and anytime there's turbulence, we're in that water with Jesus. And anytime our cities and our cultures are falling apart, we're in that water with Jesus. And anytime Jesus' name is being attached to things that are not Jesus, we're in that water with Jesus. We're going low. And then that heavy spirit falls upon us, dive bombs onto our life. And we say yes to whatever he would lead, whatever she would lead us into. And the heavy spirit of God begins to guide us and we begin to be people of prayer and people of hope and people that speak a blessing instead of a cursing. And we're not antagonistic at this point about who we dislike and who we feel should be punished. But we step in and we speak with the words of the gospel as the beloved of God. We speak people's belovedness. Do you know in that line... There are people that will probably change what happens in the way that the gospel will be spread. Do you know in that line that with Jesus there's others that are in that line that don't even know who they are yet that will be sent after being enlivened with the spirit after Jesus dies and resurrects and they receive his spirit. There are people in that line whose family and generations are changed forever and at that point they still had no idea who they were. They said, I confess, they understood and got to see, can we even know who we are or what we are to do without going low? I don't think we can. And if pride's the first thing we confess, confess that sin out loud and watch as the waters of baptism cleanse us, invite us into the family and we can step into this. Why frame it in the wild? Why does... God give Jesus his identity in the wild because it's in the unsettled places that were open. Because it's in the discontented places that were open. Can you reflect on your own baptism? Can you reflect on when you knew you needed to go low because you couldn't attain or go after anymore? Can you reflect on that time when you said, I have to get out of the way of everything that's God so he can be magnified in my life? Do you remember the time where you heard, you saw you smelled, you understood what it was that God was saying to you about who you are, whose you are, and how he would lead you. Do you remember a time when you stepped out of the waters and you knew whose family you were a part of? That your brother and sister that were just standing in that line, although very different, now share the same blood as you. Do you remember a time when you wanted to fight back or you wanted to say the thing that would harm your Republican or liberal friend, your conservative friend or your Democratic friend or this or that. You remember a time when you were gonna say it and you didn't because the heavy spirit of God quenched your tongue. Do you remember the time when you were enlivened to live the gospel and embody it as Jesus did? That's what I want. 
That's what I'm inviting you into this year. And I'm going to go low as much as I can. And I think there's plenty of room for all of us to say yes to him being on the throne and us to going low. What if we, what if we form the kind, of, the kind of partnership with those people that were traveling from their epicenters, from their important places, their jobs, their failures, their successes, to a place where they just wanted to confess and repent because it would be good for the soul and hear what they had to hear from John and then from Jesus and grow and step into that line and grow. So I want to read you a quote before we end. I honestly, Bill, have no idea how long I just went. Four minutes left, all right. During this brief season between Christmas and Lent, we are invited to leave the miraculous births, the angel choirs, leave those behind and seek the love and majesty and power of God in the seemingly mundane things, the rivers, the voices, the doves, the clouds, the families, the hospital rooms, the waitings, the COVID tests, the job losses, holy hands covering ours, lowering us into the water of repentance and new life. In the gospel stories we will read during this season, God will part the curtain for brief shimmering moments, allowing us to look beneath and beyond the ordinary surfaces of our lives and catch glimpses of the wild and the extraordinary. This, of course, is another way of describing baptism itself. It's a place in a moment where the extraordinary of God's grace blesses the ordinary water we stand in. May we during this season and always Join Jesus as he stands in line at the water's edge, willing to immerse himself in shame and scandal so that all the wild wonder of God might be ours to cherish. May we too hear the delighted voice that tells us who we are and whose we are in the sacrament of baptism. Even in the wild, untamable water we stand in, may we know ourselves as God's beloved children. My prayer this morning is that we could hear and truly believe that we are the beloved of God. That we would go low and allow him to speak those into us and that we would stop striving to earn it in some way. Our culture asks us to earn it. Because if we know we're God's beloved, we'll apologize for anything. And we'll stand in the line whenever we need. If we know we're God's beloved, it will be okay. Because he's in the water with us at baptism in our life. And he's with us into eternity. So Jesus, I'm going to pray a little bit of a different prayer. Because I love this imagery of the line. Jesus, I just pray that you would allow us your body. See, I see this group that's equipped, equipping the saints, emboldened, alive, journeying with you, growing together, forming deep relationships, spiritual friendships, community, discipleship, spiritual formation, all of it. I see us stepping into that, but I see it. I see it starting with this heart posture of brokenness, not just for a nation, but for the world and the way it is. We need you. We need you now because we can't do it without you. So lower us into these waters 
but stand in the line first. Are you willing to stand in that line? And so I'm gonna pray for you, God, whatever it looks like for each of us to stand in that line with you in solidarity with the broken and our own brokenness being confronted and being honest. Will you allow us to be drawn into this place, God, so that we can stand with you and then step into the family deeper and deeper so that we can walk as your beloved sons and daughters. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. I love you guys, and I will see you very soon. Bless you. That was really good. And I feel um, very challenged and blessed by that. So thank you, Josh. Um, So as we've mentioned several times, really, between social media and church, but last week we started, um, we had an opportunity to give testimonies, and it was really beautiful It was so encouraging, and it felt like it was something that the church um, globally, um, we probably just need to be, make it a better practice of intentionally giving testimonies of the ways that God has showed up in our lives. And so we are going to continue to do that this week and um, possibly even in the coming weeks. And so um, I didn't get a chance to share a testimony last week, and so I'm going to give one um, this week. Remember, there's going to be a video that we watch um, of a couple of other testimonies. Um, And testimonies are something that we, um, I think, over my faith journey, I've begun to appreciate more and more um, the value of them, what they do for my faith when I'm not in that place where I'm not necessarily looking for the testimony of the way that God is showing up or doing the thing. Um, and I hear somebody else sharing a testimony in the ways God is showing up and has shown up in their lives. It builds my faith. And so um, my prayer would be that as you hear the testimonies this morning is that if you are someone that is um, feeling dry and it feels like a dry desert land, that this would be like fresh water for your soul and that your spirit and your faith would be encouraged um, this morning. So um, when I think about 2020, there's obviously a lot that I can think about, but um, it was an interesting transition within our own personal home. Um, Jonathan was had been praying for a couple of years about what his job in healthcare was going to look like. Um, where was he to be? And we just had been praying for a while. What what was kind of Jonathan's next step? And, um, and he ended up getting a job where he was supposed to transition into that job uh, briefly after the pandemic hit. <laughs> and there was just a lot of unknowns. Um, this job was going to be a job that provided opportunities um, for space. It was not a career move forward, um, up some ladder, but it was more of a career move that created a space um, for him to do internal work, but also for our family to kind of have a moment of of breathing because his job, previous job, was very stressful. Anyway, and so um, he ended up still being able to transition into that job, which looking back now seems kind of crazy. Um, Jobs are kind of hard to come by and so he was taking a job in healthcare that was stepping away from patient, direct patient care. And um, 
that transition out um, into a different role has significantly shifted our family home life and our culture significantly. Um, we were just talking the other night that I am, I'm amazed at what God has done and Jonathan's willingness and confidence and bravery to step into something new and unfamiliar, not for um, gain and career, but for gain and personal life and personal boundaries and home life. And we, through 2020, saw the fruit of it. And I'm immensely blessed. And I know this is kind of Jonathan's story, but as his wife and in our home, I have seen God's goodness show up in our home in ways that had not happened previously. And I'm immensely grateful for that, that while a lot was stressful, even in his job being in healthcare, and there was so much surrounding, our home was filled with a peace and a joy and a presence that had not been there otherwise. And so I'm just so, so thankful to Jonathan trusting the, the leadership of the Lord in him and where the Lord was calling him, but also so immensely thankful to the Lord for the ways that he um, refreshed our home in the midst of such a hard year in almost any other area. Um, and so I pray that if you are somebody that is needing that in your home, may you hear the testimony and may it um, bless you and may it bless your home and may it spur on the prayers for you and the desires of your heart um, in your home. And so um, as we as I kind of step away for a second, the video is gonna come up of two other testimonies um, and then I'll come back up to kind of pray us out. Hey, RCC, I'm David. Um, I wanted to take a quick second and thank God for how he's been working in my life this year. Um, I wanted to thank him for opportunities for community, uh, like the Advent season was, the Advent small group we had, um, I feel like brought a community and a group of friends to me that I've been praying for and longing for for a long time um, and seeing so much of God in them and how they've pushed me to love him more um, and, and better. Um, I'm thankful for, even though I'm in between or I'm in the in-between with a lot in my life right now, that God is still the God of the middle and he's in here w with me and with us in the middle um, and writing my story. So uh, I'm thankful for his involvement in that and uh, y'all's involvement in my story. So uh, hope to see y'all soon. Love you. Hi River City, just wanted to say how grateful we are for this community and wanted you all to know that this church has really helped us heal from so much this year. Um, living in genuine community and making fast friends who build each other up has been such an unexpected gift this year and we're so grateful for it. Um, God is using all of you in more ways than you know and I'm so glad to be a part of this community. We're really grateful for people like Johnny and Natalie Walker who just blessed us in more ways than we could say this year through um, doing Welcome to the Table with us and also giving my husband work when he needed it. And um, also there was a really cool moment where um, Johnny shared the gospel with someone that 
um, works with him at, at a dinner we were all at and it was just such a demonstration of how um, real and raw and genuine this community is and how you all really do care about people and um, know how to speak to people's hearts and we're just really grateful for all that you guys are doing and for welcoming us into this family. So good. Thank you guys um, for sending in videos and um, the prayer and the hope is if something is stirred up in you, if you are reminded throughout your week of a testimony or a way that the Lord showed up in your life, we'd love to hear about it. And we'd love for that um, to be an encouragement to others. I am going to um, pray us um, with a benediction prayer before we close out. Oh God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the, into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Be blessed. We miss you guys. We cannot wait to be able to gather again safely. Um, I hope your day um, and your week is filled with the love of Jesus in you, um, around you, and flowing through you. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.